0: It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact
1: your life. Well, good morning, Portico. And welcome, Portico Online. I am Joe Amaral, and I'm thrilled to be with you today. (laughs) I figure I might as well take that shot before we get going today. If you're a guest, we welcome you to Portico. I am not Joe Amaral. I do not look like the picture on the back of the book. But I am Douglas Ryan, and I'm senior pastor here, and we are so delighted that you have come to join us. And if you're joining us online today, uh, we trust that you're going to enjoy and be fully engaged in the service. Well, you saw a little bit of an introduction, those of you that have been around the church for a while. Anybody remember Joe? Okay, just checking. It was about a year ago that Joe did a, a series for us, it was Signs in the Stars, And then following that, uh, both Joe and Karen were feeling that God was calling them to go back into more of a global perspective with their ministry, and he spent the last year doing some research and writing, and we've been in conversation together, and we were able to work out a day that would coincide with his book release, and so I'm so delighted to have Joe with us. So we've put your hands together, give him a great big particle welcome, say, hey Joe, good to have you back.
0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, Before we get started, turn to the person beside you and say, God loves you on purpose. (laughs) Come on.
1: You know, Joe, my car mechanic has the same outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm so embarrassed. I know you wore it because I wasn't here last year when you wore that. And I saw stuff on social media. You know you wore that before, I right? am so embarrassed.
0: I can't believe the last time I was here talking about stars, I wore the exact same bright orange NASA space jumpsuit. Yeah. This is highly inappropriate for church.
1: Well, you had a year to correct that, well, so why sorry, don't you go change? I, I, I
0: can't continue. Just, just give me a second. Just talk to the
1: people. You, just, you're just going to talk so to us sorry. from behind this the curtains, is so Joe?
0: inappropriate. I I have so many outfits in my closet. Out of everything in my closet,
1: can you believe this is the one thing
0: that I put in this closet? We're going to get story in the
1: stars. We have story behind the curtains today. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Okay, I'm all set. I'm all good. good? All right. Great.
0: Oh, so much better. (laughs) All right. Good morning. Turn to the person beside you and say, "God loves you on purpose."
1: Joe. Yes, sir. Uh, we, have, we have what? a problem. What's that? We know you're Portuguese. You spent a year teaching us that. Oh it's like a walking billboard. I am mortified.
0: I can't believe I did it again. I uh, listen. I had what I, I had this in, in my backpack because yep. I was gonna change into it after the server so I could be comfortable for the drive home. And I can't believe I'm wearing a bright green official national soccer jersey of Portugal. Oh, my goodness. Oh. If you want to fix this. No, but, but did I mention I was Portuguese Oh, before? yeah, many times.
1: Yeah. We're in therapy. Okay. Listen. This is for real. The only way you're going to fix sorry, this is guys. go behind that curtain. If you come out in a kilt, we'll be good. <laughs> no, I promise that's it. So I, I'm not I'm owning anything time. that comes out next. So I'm leaving. Joe, It's yours. I'm
0: coming. Okay, there we go. This better, a little more appropriate. <laughs> well, good morning, Portico. Good morning. <laughs> Turn to the person. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's so great to be back here at Portico. Um, you know, I, I I preach almost every weekend in, in a different part of the country or part of the world, and you know, hey, I get on stage, I do my thing, it's fine. But um, there's something very uh, unique and special about, about coming back to, uh, to Portico. So I want to say, uh, I want to extend a huge thank you to Pastor Doug for the opportunity to, uh, to be here. Uh, my brand new book, Story in the Stars, came out on Tuesday, and this was the first Sunday after the release. And I said, hey, what do you think? And he said, absolutely. So I'm personally very, very thankful for the opportunity to, to be here and uh, if you want to get a signed copy of the book before Christmas, uh, get it today after the service. I'm going to be at the back station because uh, tomorrow I'm heading back to Israel. Have I said that before that I've been to Israel? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going tomorrow for my 42nd trip to Israel, if you can believe it. oh, it's, 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 uh, it's crazy. And next year I'm leading a tour. If you're interested, come to the back table. At the very least, come and grab a book because this is the season where people are a little more open to, to talking about faith, especially when it comes to the Star of Bethlehem and all that stuff that happened on that day. What was it? Now, there's a whole chapter in the book that deals with that, so please, make sure you grab a copy. Uh, this morning, people were buying two, three copies because they wanted to give it out to friends. And I'm going to close with a story later about how God is using this book, this message of story in the stars, not just in Canada, in the U.S., but literally around the world. And I've got to tell you, this Portuguese kid from Milton is so, so humbled that, that God would, would use me. So thank you for putting up with my little shtick this morning, but but I got to wonder what kind of a church would, would put up with that kind of shtick, and what kind of pastor, knowing what the guest speaker might do, invites him back. So let me get inside your brains a little bit this morning. Let, 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 me, let me analyze you and see what's going on behind the scenes. So can I do a little test this morning, just to kind of see where you guys are at? Uh, this is a standard ink blot test. You guys have seen these before, and depending what you see, that tells the therapist what's going on in your mind. So, by show of hands, how many people see um, maybe uh, like like a butterfly with its wings opened up? Let me see. Okay, you guys are normal. That's good. <laughs> um, how many of you see? Some of you see uh, women with their chest out and their arms up in the air. Do you see that? Okay, you guys are freaks. Um, Does anybody see an angry clown with a knife in his hand? Oh, thank God there were no hands because you might be a psychotic murderer. So I'm so glad. I'm so glad. (laughs) You see, there's no right or wrong answer to the ink blot test. That's the thing. When you look at it, depending on where you are psychologically, mentally, what's going on in your life, it'll actually shape the way you see the images. The image is the same for everyone, but isn't it interesting? The way you interpret the image (coughs) is different depending on what you're going through. And so, as I thought about this, I remember thinking about the heavens themselves, the skies. You look at the stars. And there's billions of them in our galaxy. There's hundreds of millions of them in our sky every night. But when we look at it, I would probably say none of us see the exact same thing. You look at it, and maybe to you, is that a, is that a caterpillar? Is that a stick? Is that a ball? Is that a plane? What is it? We do the same thing with clouds. You ever lie on your back as a kid, and there's two of you looking to the clouds, and you say it's a clown, and the other one says, no, it's a car. How is that possible? It's the same image, but it's the way you interpret the image. So we're going to be talking about images today. We're going to be talking about, well, the greatest story that's ever been told, and we're going to see how God has put that message in the stars. Uh, For those of us who are a little bit older, we'll remember these: the connect the dots. Do you guys remember that? They were so much fun. But they're kind of like where you look at it, and if, if you don't know what the image is, you stare at it, you're like, well, it could be a lion, uh, it could be a, a peacock, <laughs> it could be anything. And until some lines start getting put on the page, right, then you start to see it more. Oh, hang on a second, I think I know what that is. And after a while, oh, that's a… and you see it. Now, does anybody know what this image is by any chance? Nobody's brave enough. Okay, it's actually, it's two penguins looking at each other. See, oh, when you know it's a penguin, you can kind of see the long chest of the penguin, and because you know what a penguin looks like, you can fill in the details yourself. But somebody had to tell you initially what the image was. And once you know what the image is, then that shape evolves, and then you can know what it is. Well, there are images in the sky. I think you guys know that. We talked about that about this time last year, how God has put signs in the skies. And I'm going to do a a bad thing this morning. And you guys are saying, just one? (laughs) I'm going to say the Z word. God has placed images in the sky making up the signs of the Zodiac. zodiac. Ooh, I said the Z word. Why are we in church? Why are we talking about the Zodiac? Why are you putting those crazy images on the screen? Maybe you're wondering that at home. Don't change the channel. Stay with us. I promise you we're taking you on the journey. But how is it, though, that every culture in ancient civilization who looked at the sky saw the exact same 48 symbols And more than that, they saw the same symbols made out of the exact same stars. Do you know what the chances are of that happening naturally on its own? Astronomical. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) It's about astronomy. Okay. Um, Let me ask you another question. Who would like to win a lot of money today in service? Let me see your hand. I'm not saying buy a lottery ticket. I'm not saying we're going to do a draw. Right now, if I said I will give you a lot of money, who would say yes to a lot of money? Okay, well, one person in the room today has a chance to do that. In the seat pocket in front of you, now we're going to see how spiritual you were to see if you prayed and the Lord told you where to sit. In the seat pocket in front of you, there's an envelope with a large blue X on it. Look now. It's important to the message. I'll give you a hint. It's it's over here. Over here. Sorry, you guys are unspiritual. These guys are closer. There it is. Okay, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Okay, now open it up. And I want you to tell me what's written inside. How much have you won, sir? One million dollars. One million dollars. Now, just so you know, uh, that million dollars isn't valid. <laughs> unless you buy a brand new copy of my book, Story in the Stars, and take it to the bank with said voucher, then they will cash it for you. But you have to buy a book today, Okay. All right, awesome. Now, he's sitting there. You might say, wow, that was lucky or that was fluke. That was chance. Why him? Why that seat? Why that amount of money, right? So, okay, that's one time. And what if I said, okay, everybody out of the room. Everybody go back into the foyer. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that envelope and I'm going to move it somewhere else in the sanctuary. Then I'm going to have you all come back in and sit in different seats. What if that guy sat in the seat that had the same envelope? Would you give me a wow? Okay, that's only two times. What if we said, let's do it again. Everybody out. I'm going to move the envelope to a third seat. And then everybody comes back in and you sit again in different spots. And he gets the envelope again. That would be a second wow. What if we did that 48 times? And what if every time we did it, it was the same guy who sat and got the same envelope? What would you say? Wow, is he really lucky? Or maybe he knows something we don't. (laughs) Maybe there's something going on in the background. Maybe there's a greater plan than what we know. Well, that's how I see the constellations for the Chinese culture here, for the Egyptians, for the Hebrews, for the Mesopotamians. For everybody to look at the sky and see the exact same 48 symbols, the chances of that happening, they're just—they're beyond human comprehension. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be a designer behind that. So next time you look up at the stars and next time you look up at the night sky... I want you to remember that, yes, it was God who put these images in the sky. And we'll talk about today, why did he put them there? We're going to talk about why did he put them there. Why does God use pictures? Because they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Isn't that true? Sometimes you want to get something across, and if you just show somebody a picture, oh, well, I get it, I understand. And pictures have a way of evoking emotion in us, don't they? Sometimes you look at a picture and you'll laugh your head off. Another picture will make you cry. Something will make you happy. It'll make you sad. It'll make you scared. These pictures can evoke emotions, and God wants to evoke an emotion in us, so he put these pictures in the sky. Let me, let me show you a sequence of pictures that are going to tell a story without saying a single word, because I believe that we can tell a story without using words. We do it with our bodies. Some of you are giving me some serious body language right now. You're not saying a single word, but I know what you're thinking. Husbands, when you ask your wife what's wrong, <laughs> oh, you don't need no interpreter for that. You know what's going on. So let me show you four images that are going to move along very quickly, and they're going to tell a story. Think of, um, remember the comic strips? Remember on Saturday, you used to get the the Saturday star or the Sunday star? What did you do? I would go right to the cartoons. And in four pictures, Garfield had you laughing your head off, right? Well, let me show you a sequence of events without giving you any backstory, and tell me if you can figure out what's going on, okay? You guys ready? So here's the first picture. Here's, Here's Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy is just a normal guy. He's just hanging out. He's just doing his thing. Let me show you the second picture. Uh Uh-oh. Right? Got a little bit of reaction there. Okay, not too much. Still, nothing going on. Third picture. Oh, boy. (laughs) See? Look at the emotion that was evoked from the picture. I didn't say anything. You saw the picture and automatically started to run with the story in your mind because you know what happened. Now, I wish we had a happy ending for Jimmy. Jimmy. You see? <laughs> okay, I was in Malaysia last month, and the pastor, there's like a thousand people in the church, he's sitting at the front. He, I said, what happened? He said, if Jimmy Chinese, he, he eat lion. <laughs> right? Because they don't like to waste food. He's like, Jimmy would eat the lion. <laughs> Chances are, since Jimmy is being chased by the lion, Jimmy is now with Jesus, Right? So here's this story being told with four simple images without saying a single word. This is what happens, and we expect this, actually. When we go into caves in in archaeology and we find ruins, more often than not, when you're inside a cave, you don't find writing. You don't find a story being told in letters or numbers, but what you see is you see images, you see pictures. So in August, I had a chance to be down in South Africa and I'd heard that they had a myriad of cave structures that had these ruins filled with, with drawings. And this is a replica, of course, of one of the drawings. And it's actually it's comical if you know what happened. This is about 7,000 years old, they tell me. So think about this. 7,000 years ago, some guy was given the task of recording what happened today. It was hilarious. You see the hunters, they have their bows and they have their arrows on their back, but they're running for their lives from the lion. But in the middle, you see there's a couple of deer. So these men went on the hunt, but they ended up being the hunted by the lion. And so just in one picture, we look at it, and we see a whole day of events that takes place. Now, this is something I found in the cave. What about, what about a personal picture? Now, this will mean more to me than it probably does to you, but that, that's our daughter, Caitlin. She got married to this wonderful guy, Aaron, a couple years ago. God bless us. He happens to be Portuguese. Not important. (laughs) Not important. (laughs) But I look at that picture, and I don't just see a wedding picture. I see 21 years up until that point. Right? I see that picture, and I remember the nurse bringing her out to me for the first time and putting her in my arms. I remember the first time she fell and scraped her knee. She cried, and my heart broke remember the first time she walked? I remember, I remember, I remember. Seeing this picture evokes such emotion. So what does God do? He puts the greatest story, the one that should evoke the most emotion, love, He puts it in the stars and He does it with pictures because it doesn't matter what language you speak or don't speak. It doesn't matter what part of the world you're from, all you have to do is look at the picture and you get the emotion of the story. So God says, doesn't matter when and where in time and space you live, I want everyone to be without excuse. I want everyone to know that I put my message, my story of love in the heavens. Isn't that beautiful? It's the eternal PowerPoint. It never goes out of style. It never stops. No matter what goes on in your life, no matter how, if you're sinning, if you're living well, if you're doing bad, if you're not doing good, whatever you're going through, God is always declaring his love for you in the heavens. Night after night, day after day, year after year, century after century, millennia after millennia, he's still saying, I love you. I love you. And to me, that's a comforting thought. I don't know about you. Now, some of you are still upset that I said Zodiac in church. We're going to address that now. I don't want anybody to be angry at me. So let's ask a question. Here it is. Who created the stars? Uh, I'm sorry, who created the stars? Hang on a second. Some of you are angry at me for talking about the Zodiac, but now you're the one telling me that God is the one who created the constellations, which are made up of stars which make up the signs of the zodiac. Make up your mind. Are you mad at me or not? So, sorry, who created the stars? And God said he counts the number of stars by what? By By name. By name. Now, there are hundreds of billions of stars in our galaxy alone, and God says, yep, there's that one, there's that one, and he calls them all by name. And in eternity, do something fun. Sit down with God and let him walk you through the universe and tell you the name of every star. It's eternity. you got lots of time. Now, how many of you have four kids? Let me see your hands. Four kids. Anybody have five kids? Five. Wow, you had the strength to lift up your arm. God bless you. <laughs> She's like, five. I want you to be honest with me. Have you ever messed up your kids' names and called them by each other's names? See? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. all the time. We have over 50 cousins in my family. I get called everything from Sandy, Jason, Diane, Ricky, Stevie, everything before they get to Joe. But God says, yeah, I made those 400 billion in this galaxy. Oh, and uh, there's Arcturus. There's, uh, he knows them all by name. So God didn't just randomly create stars. He created them with such love that he actually named them, and he knows their names. And more than that, he says, on top of that, I actually set them in place. I didn't just go stars. God said, nope, that one's going to go there. I want this one here. I want this one here because I'm going to put humanity on this planet. And as they go around the sun, they need to see from this angle, these stars here, because they're going to see my story that I've placed in the stars. Does that sound random to you? That sounds like there's design, intelligent design, loving design. You know that these signs work only from earth and no other planet in the universe. If you went to Jupiter and lived there, you couldn't see these constellations. It only works from our planet. There's no way that's coincidence. There's no way that's chance. I know in my heart that there's got to be a designer behind that. And so God names the stars. He places them in the heaven. And he says, because I want to make signs for you. I want to make signs for you so that when you look at them, you'll understand my love for you. Right back in the beginning, it says that God created. Who created? God created. And what did he say they were for? They were to serve as? Signs to mark sacred times. Sacred times, the word there, moadim, in Hebrew means the feasts like Passover or, or Pentecost or tabernacles, all of these feasts. So God said, when these feasts are taking place on the earth, I'm going to mark something in the sky with the sun, the moon, and the stars so you'll know when that day is taking place. So it's like a really ancient calendar, and God says, that'll be a sign for you. Now, we know that signs give us either information or they point us to something right, deliveries around back, staff parking here, slow down, merge, this speed, do not enter. And what I love is that no matter where in the world I go, there's some similarities in stop signs. Even if I can't read the the writing, and some of them don't even have writing, but if you see a red octagon, what do you do? Only like eight of you knew that. (laughs) No wonder insurance rates are so high in Mississauga, geez. Red means stop. And so when we see these signs, we know that they're either revealing information to us or they're pointing us towards something. And we're going to see in a few moments that these signs, these constellations in the heavens, they're pointing us towards God, towards Christ. So what does the devil do? He sees that God has put a strategy in place where the signs in the sky point to a coming messiah what does he do he distorts it he twists it why because he is a a deceiver The great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one who has been deceiving the whole world. You see, because people, instead of using these constellations to point to Christ, they're looking at the constellations so they can learn something about themselves. You know what that's called? Horoscopes. Ooh, I said the H word. Now, I don't want to look at anybody because I don't want to get in trouble. And to people online... There are some people here who, before they brew their coffee, before they boil their, their water to make some tea, before they brush their teeth, before they check their social media stats, what the first thing they do is they go to their horoscope app. What's the universe got for me today? Oh, it's harmless, they say. It's just something fun. To do. Okay. Okay. Well, let, let's not take my word for it. Can we take God's word for it? Is that okay? See, when you look at the stars for identity, you're consulting them. You're actually, you're, you're seeking from them. You're worshiping them. And God says in Jeremiah 8.2, very, very carefully, talking about the sun, moon, and the stars, He says, if you love, serve, follow, consult, or worship the stars, God says, you're like dung on the ground. Ouch. Now, can I tell you the Hebrew word for dung? I can't say it in church. No, I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Can I say poop? The P word. The Z word, the H word, and now the P word. God says if you get or try to get your identity from the stars in the sky, that process is dung to me. Because your identity is not in the stars. Your identity is not in some sign. Your identity is in Christ and Christ alone. You are a child, a son, a daughter of the Most High God. Walk with your head held high, your chest out, because you are a child of the living God. That's where you find your identity. So the enemy takes the meaning of the stars and he twists it. And he wants the glory to come back to himself. He wants it to come back to us. But that's not the point of creation. The Bible says that God made all the heavens, even all the starry host. That means everything out there that you can see and you can't see. And he says that he gives life to everything. And all these things exist to worship God. God. So if we use these constellations, if we use them to look at God, to bring people to Him, then we're doing what God originally tended the constellations to do. We're okay so far? Okay. I mean, this verse was the key verse for our, our series last year on signs. Because I remember when God showed me this, it just it was one of those kind of blowing my, my mind moments. Because in the beginning it says that God created the heavens and the earth and he created them, what? The sun, moon, and the stars to serve as? Signs to mark sacred days, to mark the feasts like Passover, Tabernacles, Pentecost, right? And Jesus says the same thing. There will be signs. What are signs? They're the signs made up of sun, moon, and stars. That can only be one thing. That's, that's the constellations. That's the zodiac sign. And Jesus said, in fact, if you look you'll see the sign of the Son of Man written in the clouds. He goes, look, you'll see the sign of the Son of Man. And so, so often we're looking down, we're not looking up. What's God saying to us? What is it with these feasts, and, and how does he mark the sky? And, and maybe God did these things thousands of years ago, but is he still using creation today? Is he still using the signs today? Now listen, we, the signs are, they're reflective They're to confirm what God has done and is doing. They're never used to be prophetic. We don't use them to predict what's going to happen. Because every time we predict the return of Jesus, guess what? We get it wrong. Why? Because he never meant it for that. He never meant it for that. Let me give you an example. September 17th or 18th, September 18th in the evening, I was sitting at home and I was getting ready for a trip overseas. And I was going over my notes for story in the stars. Uh, Ask anybody who's a preacher, you go over your notes dozens of times. And you make little changes and tweaks because you want it to be the best it can be. And I was sitting there saying, God, I, I want to test something you said in your word. Because you said you created the sun, the moon, and all the stars to mark the holy days. So tonight on September 18th is a holy day. It's the feast, it's the day of atonement. So I wonder, God, have you actually marked the sky like you said you would? Or is it just something for old times? Or are you still using the signs today so you know what I did? I got out my astronomy software and I said, show me the map of the sky right now. Now, you need to know that the Feast of of Atonement or the Day of Atonement, the official sign for that feast is a set of scales. Because in Judaism, the belief is is that on that day, God opens up His book where He's recorded all of your actions from the previous year. And so your good deeds have to outweigh your bad deeds. And if they don't, you have 10 days in order to make things right, to balance the scale. And maybe even do enough good things that you tip the scale in your favor so God will bless you. That's what the belief is, and that's what the sign is of the feast, is a set of scales. So could you imagine my surprise when I went into my star app? And I I said, what signs are in the sky tonight? And as the sun was setting and the feast of Yom Kippur was beginning, which is a set of scales, guess what constellation dominated the night sky? Libra, a set of scales. It was like a reminder from God. Yes, I said there would be judgment. And he puts the sign of Libra in the sky to remind us that it's a season and a time of judgment. But there's more to the story. If you look in the center, just off to the center of the sign, there's a planet there. Can you make that out? See what it says? Jupiter, and, and, and it's got the scales tipping just a little bit. Well, in ancient times there were certain stars in the sky that moved. <laughs> they were called planets. They didn't know there was a difference between planets and stars. So there was all these stars that stay, and these planets can move. They're royalty. They're more powerful than the other stars. So they were called the kings of the heavens. And there was one star that was bigger than all the rest, and that was the planet Jupiter. And because of that, Jupiter was called the king of kings. So, look at what God did on September 18th, 2018. Guys, just a couple months ago, He puts the constellation of Libra in the sky, the set of uh, of scales, and Jupiter begins to make its way through the constellation, and as the sun is setting, the scale tips. Why? Because the king of kings already came and paid the price and tipped the scales in our favor. Come on. You see, this, this is what God does. Let, let, let me share with you something that happened recently. Um, we're in November. In October, the beginning of October, I was invited to go uh, to Hong Kong. Any Hong Kongers here this morning? Let us see. woo Hong Kong. Um, uh, jo San. That's all I know. Good morning. Because uh, my name is Joe and I'm somebody's son. So Joe San is how I remember <laughs> to this day. so uh, in Hong Kong I was there right after the typhoon and there were some issues with water and food and and I got sick I mean like knocked me on my backside for two and a half weeks sick but I'm there to preach so I got to be up every morning hey good morning it's so good to be here and I'm thinking I'm going to fall over and my dear wife got so sick she had to come home all the way from Hong Kong and I had to continue down to Malaysia to go preach and I thought God I'm not going to make it I'm so sick, and I'm. I'm gonna try to be sensitive about how I, how I say this. Um, let's see if you can piece it together. Bad water, food that's not fresh, bothers the tummy area. There's only one way it can go from there. Okay, see, because we're in the West, we can't even say the word diarrhea. See, some of you are cringing right now because we're so Western. We're so polite. We can't say that word. Oh, but in Asia, they have no problem. I'm telling you, when they found out how sick I was and um, in front of all the staff, they said, right now, we're going to pray for Pastor Joe's diarrhea. (laughs) Lord, we just pray for Pastor Joe's diarrhea and then the diarrhea would stop. I'm like, stop saying diarrhea. (laughs) I only tell that story at Portico. (laughs) We're family. We're family. (laughs) Sorry, online. Um, But you know what? The moment they prayed, it it stopped. I literally felt strength come into my body. And the next day was a big outreach service. They invited people to come from different churches, from different parts of the area. Now, remember, Malaysia is not just an Asian country, but it's also an Islamic state. So the Asian culture is very much intrigued with with astrology and stars and shapes in the sky. In Islam, its flag is a moon and a star. So it's like the perfect storm of people who love astrology and stars. So I'm there knowing there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on, and I'm taking all the prayer I can get, say the D word, whatever you want. I just need to preach to these people. So I get up there on the Saturday night, and about 400 people had come out to the meeting, which is great for that kind of environment, right? So 400 people came out, and, I, and I, I did the message, and I preached, and I remember feeling so sick towards the end. I was, if there's video of it online, I think I started to go to the side. I really started to get weak and disoriented because I was so dehydrated. And I said, God, there's no way, no way. You brought me here. I'm going to give these people an opportunity to respond to your love. And so I said, hey, maybe you're here tonight, and you've... Uh, you've come not believing or not knowing, or maybe you've wondered why there's, a, why there's all these stars in the sky, and you're wondering about why it's there, and I, and I, and I started to share with them. And I said, and if that's you tonight, you want to respond to the Creator's love, that you want to know that you're loved on purpose and with purpose, and I want you to do something and step forward. And I'm not an altar call kind of a guy, but I just really felt to do that that night, you know? And you know, they were, they were a little shy at first, and we kept saying, don't miss out you know, and and 10 people came forward, and I thought, wow, 10 people, that's amazing, right, that's wonderful, praise God, 10 new souls into the kingdom, but the staff reacted like, wow, 10, 10, and they were going like, they were so thrilled, and in my mind, I was thinking, I don't want to be that guy who says, listen, you know, it wasn't 300 out of 400, it was 10, do you know what I mean? And so I said, why are you guys so happy? I'm happy with you, don't get me wrong, but like, why so happy? And they said, Pastor Joe, there was 400 tonight. I said, yes. 390 were from our church. We had 10 visitors. All 10 got saved tonight. And I said, oh, that's why you're so excited. And they asked this one girl who was all dressed up. And they said, why did you say yes tonight? And they said, in the faith I was raised in, I never heard my God love me. But tonight, you told me about a God who loves me so much that He didn't want me to miss that love, so He wrote it in the stars of the sky. He said, that's a God I want to serve. That's the God we serve, folks. So maybe there's 10 here today. Maybe there's ten online and you're watching and you're just kind of fluking off of different channels and you ended up on this guy talking about the zodiac and stars and space and all this, and you're wondering why. Maybe you're here and you're wanting to respond to that love. I want you to know tonight, or this morning, I want you to know that you are loved. You are so loved. And you're here today to hear about that love. And so I want you to do me a favor in your hearts this morning. As you're hearing about this God who loved you enough to create the universe to show you, I want you to say yes to him today. Maybe in your own way, in your heart, in your mind, however it is you want to respond to him, but then I want you to tell somebody. Maybe tell the person that brought you. Tell one of the pastors here at the church, come see us at the table. Tell us that you've said yes to the greatest love that's ever been offered to you. We can't make a lot of guarantees in this world. But I can guarantee if you say yes to Jesus, you will never regret it. His love will be with you every day, every step of the way, no matter what you go through, how horrific, how tragic, whatever you go through, there's a God who wants to be with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor Doug, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. I'm going to be at the back table. Come and say hey. God bless you guys.